Amen. Well, if he's your everything, you don't need nothing else. Amen. Just need him. The Bible says without him, we can do nothing. But with him, we can do all things. Hallelujah. You know, we've not been given a creed. We've not been given a, a dogma. We've not been given a, an organizational card. That's not what he gave us. He gave us his name. What a wonderful name it is. That that name can be spoke and a dead baby in the womb of its mother will leap to life. The name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's who we are, friends. That's the family name of God. That's your family name. The name of Jesus. What a privilege it is to be a Christian tonight. Amen. Isn't it wonderful to know where you come from and to know where you're going? Amen. And once you get there, it don't matter where you've been, right? It don't matter. The journey don't matter. The curves, the valleys, the mountains, the hardship, the bitter waters, none of that matters once you get there. Amen. So then why do we have all that? For character building. Character building. The trials and testings of this life that Christians go, go through, they are not put here to destroy us. No, they're not. They're not put here to destroy us. They're not put here to kill us. They're not put here to defeat us. But he allows these things into our life to mold us and shape us to make us more effective Christians. Because I promise you, God will always be more real to you after a trial than he ever was before the trial. Amen. So everything that God allows to come into your life, there's a purpose for it. Amen. Because he's my everything. He's my all. Do you love him this evening? If you have your Bibles, turn with us to the book of Acts. We're going to read from Acts chapter 28. Starting at verse 1, we greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus and count it an honor to be with you here on Wednesday night. And Brother Ronnie slipped away for a few days, him and Sister Carol, for their birthday, I suppose, and anniversary. And so we're glad we was able to be here to take the service and desire your prayers. We're heading back out on the field this weekend. It's going to be quite a few meetings coming up. I had one next weekend scheduled in Missouri, but I, I canceled it for the dedication of my grandson. <laughs> so... You know, uh, Allie uh, told me, she said, if you're not here when that baby's born, you'll never get to hold it. <laughs> so I took the whole month of June off to be here when that baby was born and got COVID and couldn't go to the hospital. <laughs> How does those things work? I don't know. But we did get, but we have got to hold it and so... Anyway, we're going back out on the field, so we desire your prayers, but we certainly, certainly always enjoy being home. Acts chapter 28, starting at verse 1. God's good, ain't he? Yes. My, I tell you what, a wonderful presence is in this building this evening. And the songs were just, oh my, I was in the study, just had my head on the desk, just rejoicing, just the, just the bacon in the presence of the S-O-N. Amen. Acts chapter 28, verse 1. The Bible says this. And when, and when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Mileta. I guess that's how you say that. I'm not too smart. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled the fire and received us every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. 
And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw that the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt, this man is a murderer, whom though he had escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffered not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a God. How fast their opinion of Paul changed from being a murderer to a God. Why? When the snake venom met faith. Let us pray. I want to speak to you for a few minutes this evening on when faith was met. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so grateful together here in your name this evening. And Lord, to know that we're not gathered here under a creed or a dogma, but we're gathered under the revealed word of the hour. Lord, that you promised that you would send to us in this day. Lord, we are so grateful to be identified with the message of the hour. Knowing, dear God, that there are vitamins in this message that will bring forth a body change. Lord, we think of David up on the hillside in the mouth of a cave. When the Philistines was trying to kill him and Saul was trying to kill him. And he was so thirsty, Lord, and he cried out, Oh, to have a drink from the well of Bethlehem. For, Lord, there were all kinds of wells down there in that country. But, Lord, there was only one well that had that good water. And, Lord, there's all kinds of wells in the land today. But I am so grateful, dear God, to be gathered at the well of Bethlehem, Lord, to drink the waters of life. And Father, I pray tonight for the prayer request, Lord, that was given. Lord, how it moved upon my heart for that young boy, Lord, with the cancer. God, I ask you in the name of Jesus, may you move for that young man, Lord. May he not lose his leg, dear God. But Lord, may you raise him up as a testimony of the healing power of the Almighty God. Grant it, Lord, we pray. And others, Lord, that was on the list and those that was on the Facebook page of Happy Valley, the request, dear God. May you move for everyone, Lord, we pray. And we'll be careful to give you the honor and the praise and the glory. Lord, we ask you to bless our pastor tonight, Lord. Give him rest, Lord, and re renew his strength, God. And he come back stronger and greater, Lord, and more anointed, Father, to bring us the precious words of life. Thank you for all you've done for us and for all that you've given us. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. And the bride says, Amen. God bless you, saints. You may be seated. When faith was met. You know, Brother Benham taught us in the message of perfect faith. He said, perfect faith is a master of all circumstances. Perfect faith masters all circumstances. No matter what it is, it masters it. Now just watch, when you believe anything or do anything, you've got to have faith in what you're doing. You've got to have faith. That don't just mean preaching the gospel. Well, you've got to have faith if you're going to stand up and preach. You've got to have faith that God's called you to do that. But we need that kind of faith when we come to the house of God. That I just didn't stagger in here, but I come for a purpose, amen. 
Hallelujah. God placed me in this body before the foundation of the world that he wanted me to serve him in his army in this unit. Amen. So when we come through the doors, whether we're singing a special or whether we're preaching the gospel or whether we're sitting on the pew, we are to give God the best amen we got. We are to give him the best hallelujah we got. We are to give him the best hand clap we got. Amen. Because we come here for a purpose. Amen. Hallelujah. Faith is the master of every circumstance. And when we do something, we got to know what we're doing and there's a purpose in why we're doing it. Because you see, faith is not a hocus pocus. Faith is not a magic wand. Faith is not something that you feel. Faith is what you believe. Faith has to have a resting place. And the word of God is the foundation that faith rests upon. The Bible says in Romans, let God be true and every man a liar. The Bible said heavens and earth will pass away, but the word of God will never fail. Then our confidence is not in our ability. Our confidence is not in man, but our confidence is in the word of God that's been given to us, knowing that God cannot lie. Amen. If God said he can do something, God said it because he can do it. He didn't say, well, I hope I can do it. No, sir. If God said he can do it, he can do it. Amen. Oh, my. So we can sit here tonight, whether it's a Wednesday night, a Thursday night, a Saturday night, or a Sunday morning. We can sit here with this confidence that God does not lie. Nations will lie to us. Governments will lie to us. Politicians will definitely lie to us. And sometimes even people close to us will lie to us. Our feelings will lie to us. Our emotions will lie to us. Our sensations will lie to us. But the word of God will never lie to us. Amen. Then let our faith rest on nothing less than the word of God that's been revealed in this hour that we're living in. Oh my. You see, every word of God is just as true as every word of God. It's either all true or none of it's true. It's not a hit and miss gospel. Well, he was right about this, but he was wrong about that. No, if he was right about this, he's right about this, he's right about this. Hallelujah. The same God that said, let there be light. Is there light? That same God said, behold, I send you Elijah. Did he do it? That same God said, I am the Lord, thy God, who heals how much? All of thy diseases. Oh my, then how does God prove his word to us? By bringing it to pass. The prophet said, oh, how I love him. How God always keeps his word. He will keep it every time. Not 99 times out of 100, but 100 times out of 100. <laughs> oh, I like that. Not 99 times out of a well, one time out of a hundred he missed. That's pretty good odds. Not with God. It may be good with you, but not with God. It's not 99 out of a hundred. It's a hundred times out of a hundred. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you hear what the word is saying to you. You see, the word of God must become personal to you. What is the new birth, Brother Branham? It's Christ revealed to you personally. 
It's a personal revelation. That's what God, he wants that personal revelation with every one of us, not just with the prophet, not just with the pastor, not with just the evangelist, but he wants it with every one of us from the front door to the back door. He wants a personal relationship with you. Do you know God cares so much about you? He knows your name. He knows where you live. Is that not true? In discernment, didn't our brother brother say, you're so-and-so from a certain city, from a certain state. You live on a certain street. Your address is 213 and a half. Not a quarter, not three quarter, but a half. Oh, glory to God. I saw the other day in discernment, Brother Ben said, I see you kneeling there beside the bed. That lamp or the bulb don't work. Hallelujah. God knows whether the bulbs work in your house or not. That's how much he cares about you. He wants a personal revelation with you. He don't want to be a doty old grandpa. He don't want to be up on a cloud somewhere, but he wants to be a part of our life. The prophet of God said, he is both creator and sustainer. Oh, hallelujah. The creator and the sustainer of my life. The reason I live. It's not by me. It's by him. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. When you hear what the word is saying to you personal revelation personal communication huh? no matter what the circumstance is that don't have one thing to do with it well the doctor said it's bad so this situation is impossible but circumstances has nothing to do with it because faith is the master of every circumstance. Then it no matter what the report says, what the MRI says, what the scan says. Come on, somebody. It does not matter. What the PSA level is, that don't matter. We don't look to those things. We look to all glory to God. We look to the unseen. First, the unseen things that are real. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. No matter what the circumstance is, that don't have one thing to do with it. Amen. The circumstances has nothing to do with it. Faith masters that circumstance. If it's in a room of sickness and the Lord's revealed that a certain thing's going to happen, you just speak it and go on. Oh, does it? Don't just ask any questions. It's already over. Just keep going. Well, Brother Darrell, I don't understand. Sometimes he don't ask us to understand. Because you see, if you understand everything, that's not faith, that's knowledge. But sometimes God allows things to come into our life. It don't make no sense. I don't understand it. But God knows what he's doing. He's still on the throne, amen. Hallelujah. He's bringing me to a place he had of me in his mind before the foundation of the world. And no devil can stop me from obtaining what God thought of me, amen. Hallelujah. Ooh, I got to slow down. I'm a grandpa. <laughs> it masters all circumstances. Well, if you do this, so-and-so is going to do that. To see, it's already got it mastered. Faith believes that God will work it out. 
I don't know how he's going to do it, but they're going to do it anyhow. It masters all circumstances. You see, and faith and love is a relationship. Faith and love is relation because you can't have faith unless you've got love because your faith is in God who is the very essence of love. So faith and love work together. When you understand, think about this. Did he love you enough to die for you? Did he? So he loved you enough to die for you. Then if he loved you enough to die for you, don't he love you enough to heal you? And if he loves you enough to heal you, don't he love you enough to save you? Don't he love you enough to deliver you? Don't he love you enough to forgive you? Don't he love you enough to rapture you? You know, we was little, we had these, get a sweetheart, we'd do a little daisy. You remember those days? She loves me. She loves me not. She loves me. She loves me not. But God's days is not that way. It's a, he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. His love is unconditional. He loved me when I was good. He loved me when I was bad. Hallelujah. He loved me. You have faith in the God who loves you. Faith in what the word is saying about you. Faith masters every circumstance because it's not what you feel. It's not what you see. It's not what you understand or what you reason out. It's what you believe. It's what you believe, not what you can figure out. Not what you can work out. Well, if I take these certain vitamins and nothing against vitamins and essential oil and all that stuff. It's not what I'm talking about, but what I'm saying is it's this. It's not what you can see or something that you can do. What can I do? What can I do? Just believe. It's not what you understand. It's not what you reason out. It's what you believe. When you hear what the word is saying about you, when you understand what the word is speaking of you, like in James, me and Brother Jenny was talking to study, like James 5 where the Bible says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If you get the understanding that God is speaking about you, that James is talking about you, then when you pray, you know something's got to happen. Because God's word don't lie. So the word must become personal to you. He's speaking to me. It's me. Ruth was typing me. Rahab was typing me. Enoch was typing me. Amen. Hallelujah. Then that word takes preeminence over every circumstance. When you see yourself in the scriptures. Like Paul in Acts 23 said, there arose a great dissension and the chief captain fearing least Paul should be pulled in pieces of them, commanded that the soldiers go down and to take him by force from among them and to bring him into the castle. And that night following, the Lord stood by him 
and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. Don't worry about them pulling you apart, Paul. Don't worry about them killing you, Paul. That doesn't make a vow. We'll not eat or drink anything till we kill Paul. Is that not what they said? We have formed a pack among ourselves. We're going to kill Paul. But God said, don't worry, Paul. You testified in Jerusalem. You must also go to Rome. So where's Paul headed? Why? God said so. Hello? God said so. How's he going to get there? The circumstances doesn't matter. He will get there because God said so. God said, you must go to Rome and bear witness of me in Rome. Then the journey there doesn't matter. He's going to Rome. Regardless of what happens, he's going to Rome. Because God said so. And on his way, there arose a great storm. I ain't talking about a category one. I'm talking maybe a category eight or something like that. I'm talking about a great storm. The Bible said they went 14 days and nights. I can't imagine without eating. Because the storm was so great. But you see, no matter how great the storm was, it didn't matter. Paul was going to Rome. And after a long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me, and have not loosed from create, and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but the ship. Paul said, no, you went 14 days without eating, but everybody just calm down now because he appeared to me last night and he told me, ain't nobody going to die, but the ship will be lost. So guess what happened? The ship was lost. Why? God said so. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that shall sail with thee. Why? Why? Don't worry, Paul, don't worry how bad the storm is. Don't worry they ain't been able to eat nothing because the boat's rocking. You ain't going to die. You've got to go to Rome. Because God don't lie. He don't hit 99 times and miss one. He's a hundred out of a hundred. Amen. Oh, I like this next one. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. Wouldn't that be good if that was all of our testimony? I believe God. That it shall be even as it was told me. And was it? Exactly the way it was told him. So the ship finally broke up from the storm. But you see, when they hit this certain area and they, they phantomed out and they, they knew they was close to land, there was some of them that was going to get off of the ship. 
because they had other little boats tied to the ship. So they were going to let them, the Bible said, they let them down under color like they were letting down an anchor, but it's really going to let down a ship because they was going to abandon the boat. And Paul said, boys, you better cut them loose and let them fall off for except you abide with this ship, you will perish. Amen. You better be careful what ship you get in on Sunday morning. You better cut them ships off. Come on, somebody. You better abide with the ship except you be lost. And the ship broke up. And the Bible said they grabbed pieces of the ship and floated in the shore. And guess what? They never lost a man. You know why? God said so. And building a fire to dry out and get warm. Paul goes to gather some kindling because you see, he was a messenger. He was a servant to the people. Paul didn't say, I'll tell you what now, boys, I'm the first church age messenger. I'm going to lay right here and you guys go out there and get that wood for me because I'm the messenger. No, people's got it wrong. The bride is not a servant to the ministry, but the ministry is a servant to the bride. Any gift that a man has, the gift is not for himself. It's for God's people. When men get in trouble is when they use their gift for their own personal gain. Preach, brother, now. Thank you. I believe it will. So he goes out to get some killing, and he comes back, and he puts it on the fire, and a viper comes out of the fire and strikes him right on the hand. And the people of the island sat down to watch him die. This wasn't no black snake bite. This wasn't no gardener snake bite. This was one like them. What's that, what's that snake over in Africa? A mombi or something like that. It was that kind of one of the most deadliest snakes. This snake was so deadly. When you got bit, they no use to call 911. You was dead before you got the one dog. So when he got bit, they just sat down to watch him die. I think I've preached in that church before. <laughs> They just sat down to watch him die. And they said, this man must be some kind of evil for him to escape the storm, escape a shipwreck, somehow get on land and now get bit by a snake. And they sat down to watch him die. And the snake venom began to go up his arm going right towards his heart. Now, what's he going to do? It's going to suppress his respirations. It's going to attack his nervous system. Just a few minutes, he'll be dead. And the venom going up his arm, but all at once, the snake venom met faith. Hallelujah. And when the snake venom met faith, the poison was annihilated. Because Paul said... Paul said, how can I die from a snake bite and go to Rome at the same time? So Paul took what God said over the snake bite. Well, that's what we need tonight is men and women who'll take what God 
said, over what the doctor said, over what science said. Somebody that'll take God at his word. I can't die. I died in December of night. Lord, glory to God. I died in December of 1981. I died a long time ago. Hallelujah. Well, they might take me out here and put me in the ground, but that ain't me. That's just the old house I'm dwelling in. Hallelujah. Paul took the word of God over the fear of a deadly snake bite. Can you imagine how much fear those people around him was projecting? And he had to push all that away from him. Not looking at their circumstances. Not looking at their faces. He just pitched it over in the fire and gathered more wood. And the people of the island said, my God, he ain't a murderer. He's a God. So a man who'll take God at his word is considered a God to barbarians. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good right there. Amen. He took, when the venom met faith, the poison was dilated, annihilated. The three Hebrew children who stayed true to God's word would not bow their knee to the king's commandments. And he got so mad that he heated up the furnace seven times hotter than it had ever been heated before. It was so hot, it killed the men who threw them in. Think about that. They were so mad at these, at these believers. They were so mad at the message followers of that hour that they killed their own people trying to kill them. They burned their own men trying to kill these three Hebrews. And let me say this tonight. The devil will destroy his own kingdom trying to stop this bride, but he will never stop this bride. She is unstoppable, amen. They threw those boys in the fire and they testified, our God is able to deliver us from this fiery furnace. You see, they had a personal revelation. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they had a personal revelation that they were the seed of Abraham. And God had promised their father Abraham that his seed shall possess the gates of their enemy. So they knew that the, the king and the king's men were not the gatekeepers. They didn't hold glory to God. They did not have the final say. They were not in control of the situation, but the three Hebrew children was in control of the situation because they weren't looking at their emotions. They were looking at the word of God that said they were the gate possessors. And 
in the king's furnace that was heated up seven times hotter than it had ever been heated before. And when that fiery furnace met faith, faith took the heat and the smoke out of the fire. The fire was still there, but it didn't burn them. Pretty good. When the fiery furnace met faith, the fire went out. Even though it still burned, it went out. What about Daniel? Thrown into a lion's den. And then lions knew. This is an easy meal. This is a happy meal. <laughs> Don't have to hunt for this. Ain't too many places a man can go in a dungeon. And these lions... They had eight men before who had been thrown in the dungeon. So they had an appetite for human flesh. When they saw Daniel, they didn't growl. They just said, yum. <laughs> Daniel in the lion's den. Nowhere to go. And no doubt these lions have ate several men in their lifetime. An appetite for human flesh. But when the hungry lions made a charge at Daniel, those hungry lions met faith and faith locked their jaws. And the hungry lions that was craving human flesh went over and lay down and purred like kittens. When hungry lions meets faith, they purr like kittens. That's a quote, by the way. The prophet said they purred, they purred like kittens. A woman with a blood issue for 12 years, the bleeding would not stop. She spent all her money. Her insurance had run out. But she saw Jesus pressing through the crowd. And she believed that Jesus was the Christ. In so much that when she saw him, she expressed, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. You see, it's not so much what you touch, but it's your faith. She touched the hem of his garment. Those, those Palestinian garments were so loose. He never felt her physical touch. She never touched his ankle. She never touched his toe. She never touched his hand. She never touched his cheek. She never touched him. The Roman soldiers plucked the beard from his face and felt nothing. She never even touched him. But he said, I felt virtue leave me. She said, if I can only touch the hem of his garment. She believed if she touched him, she'd get what she was asking for. And she slipped through the crowd and she reached over, believing that what she said would happen. She reached through the crowd. Perhaps she was small, maybe five foot four, five foot seven. 
Maybe she couldn't get through the crowd. Maybe she had to reach down through it. Just reach out. Described his garment when he went by. But she touched his garment because she believed if I can but touch his garment, that's Jesus, the Christ, the Lamb of God. If I can but touch his garment, I'll be made whole. Notice who said that? Jesus didn't turn to her and say, hey, hey, sis, if you can touch my garment, I'll heal you. Jesus never said it. Peter, Peter never said, look, look, I see you got trouble. Look, look, just touch his garment. Come here, come here, come here. Just touch his garment. Peter never told her. Jesus never said it. It wasn't Jesus that spoke. It wasn't Peter that spoke. It was her. She spoke and her faith in who he was Oh, God. It brought her own words into manifestation. (laughs) And when the blood issue, think about this, a blood issue that eluded the doctors for 12 years. When that blood issue, a 12-year-old blood issue met faith, the bleeding stopped. Why? Faith masters every circumstance. If I could but touch him. Well, if she touched him, if she had that kind of faith, she couldn't touch him physically. She had to touch this garment. We can't even touch his garment. But if we have the same faith she had, that circumstance don't matter. It don't matter, Brother Keith, that I can't touch his hand. It don't matter that I can't touch his garment. But I can touch him by faith. You understand what I'm saying tonight? I can touch him by faith. The circumstances doesn't matter. It's been over 2,000 years since the man Jesus walked the earth. But that don't matter. He's still here. I think of Joshua. God told him, think about this. You construction guys, think about this. God told Joshua to march around the walls of Jericho and they would fall before him. Now that don't mean very much if it's a wall like this right here or like a wall that that I would build. But the walls of Jericho, they said that they could have chariot races around the tops of them. The walls were so wide, they could build houses on top of the walls. The walls of Jericho, some people say, was 46 foot high, 80 foot thick. Think about that. And God said, Joshua, go up there, march around it so many times, sound the trumpet, and you all let out a shout, and the wall's going to fall down. (laughs) Think about that. Go up there, march around a few times, 
sound the trumpet, let out a shout, and the wall's going to fall down. You don't need a wrecking bar, a backhoe, a bulldozer, or a case of dynamite. You just need obedience. Obedience to my word. March, blow a trumpet, and shout, and get out of the way. That would be absolutely silly to the carnal mind. And think about Joshua knowing how thick those walls was because he had built plenty of walls down in Egypt. He knew the cement that was in them. He knew how tight they were to hold them chariot races up on the top of them and even houses built up on the top of them, the prophet said. But he did not lead to his own understanding. I've built the walls. I know how they're built. I know how thick they are, how hard they are, how strong they are. But he never looked to his own understanding of wall building. He believed what God said was the truth. Not 99 out of 100, but 100 times out of 100 that what God said is true. Let every man's word be a lie and my word be true. God said what God said was true. Obey his word and the walls would fall down, leaning not to his own understanding. Well, Brother Darrell, I don't understand. Good. You don't have to understand. Just believe. Do you, under, do you know how crazy of a look you get from a doctor when he tells you that your little girl is going to die because she's hurt too bad to live and you tell him that when she comes out of a coma, she'll still be potty trained. Do you know how crazy they look at you when you say that? But you know how funny they look at you when it happens? Joshua didn't look at the cement. He didn't look at the wall. He didn't look at the blueprints. He, he cast down his understanding. He cast down everything he knew about wall building. He looked to the unseen and walked around those walls believing it would happen. You see, my brother, my sister, your results depend on what you look at. As long as you look at your symptom, as long as you look at your problem, that's all you'll ever have. But when the walls, 46 foot high, 80 foot thick, met faith, the walls came down. Jairus' daughter lay dead, and the mourners gathered to mourn and said, trouble not the master anymore. Your little girl is dead. Such words a finality. Dead. It's over. Don't bother him. You're too late. Yeah, you got here. Yeah, you fell before him. Yeah, he said he would go. But you're too late, Jairus. She's dead. Your little girl is dead. But Jesus, oh, I love this. Jesus gave Jairus the remedy. 
to every bad report. He touched him on the shoulder. And you know what he said? Only believe. That is the remedy to every bad report. Yeah, doctor, I thank you for all you've done for us. I thank you for running the test. I thank you for for being concerned about my family. But I've got another doctor on the case. His name's Dr. Jesus, and he said by his stripes, I'm already healed. So I'll take the medicine until I don't need it no more as a witness. Come on, somebody. Don't be afraid of you. You believe me? Yes, I believe in going to doctors. I worked with them for 20-some years in surgery, or 18 years, I guess it whatever it was. Yes, I believe in doctors, but when they say they can't help you, I know somebody who can. He touched him on the shoulder. He's never said, well, I'm sorry, but, but you know, I, just, I guess I'll just I'll go over here to this house over here. Maybe I can help them. No. He just said, only believe. Jesus, standing at the grave of Lazarus, his friend, a man who had been dead four days, corruption had done set in, his nose had done fell in, even his sister said, Lord, he stinks. But when a dead man, who had been dead four days with corruption in his body, when a dead man met a man of faith who believed what the word said he was, I am the resurrection and the life. And when a dead man that had been dead four days met a man who was life, death had to give way, amen. Death gave way to life. When he cried out, Lazarus, come forth. The maniac of Gadara. Demons had him bound. The Bible said they tried their best to reform him. Take him to Bible school. Go through the Methodist program and this fellowship program. But after a while, he would break the chains and go back. The Bible said none, anybody could tame him. He ripped off his clothes. He broke the chains. He was a cutter. Oh, they still got him in the message. Here not long ago, I was in South Carolina, and a mother came up and said, please pray for my daughter. She took a knife and cut hate on her thigh in the message. Message young people still cutting. Amen, friends. Our young people needs Jesus. I was praying out in my backfield the other day, speaking, just talking to the Lord about the young people. There seemed like there's so many of them slipping away. You look around and this one gone and that one gone. Or they, or they come and sit in the pew, but they're still gone. And I was talking to the Lord in the backfield about it. And he spoke to me. I felt like he spoke to me. And he said, are we just getting them to shout or are we getting them to Christ? And he said, go ask them. Are you in the message or is the message in you? 
You see, if you're just in the message, somebody can pull you out. But if the message is in you, hell can't pull you out. The Bible said he lived among the tombs and he cut himself with stones and they tried to chain him and to tame him, but he broke the chains and the fetters and no man could tame him. But what man could not do, faith can do. What brought Jesus to the Gadareans? What brought him to that country? It wasn't the mayor. It wasn't the organization that invited him. Who was it that brought Jesus to that country? It was the maniac himself. Living in the tombs, cutting his flesh, ripping off his clothes, but he wanted help. You see, you've got to want to change. You've got to want to, if you don't want to change, nobody can help you. You've got to want it more than life yourself. This needy soul was crying out for deliverance. And Jesus, on the other side of the sea, heard his invite of faith. The mayor didn't ask him to come. Organizations didn't ask him to come. The hog farmer sure didn't want him there. But why did he come? Why did Jesus come all the way across the sea? He heard the cry of faith. Oh, God. He heard his invite of faith. And Jesus crossed the stormy sea to get to him. And that same Jesus tonight, the prophet said he had come from glory to one needy soul. Not well, if you got 500 Happy Valley, I'll show up. No, we don't need 500. We just need one needy soul in this building. We'll bring Jesus on the scene tonight. Huh? He come from glory to one needy soul sitting in this humble church tonight. The same one. He'll every time come to where he's wanted, but never come to where he's doubted. So if you're doubting him, just remember, he'll never be at your door. But he will come to anyone who will invite him. Amen. He will appear, the prophet said, before any honest heart, no matter how insignificant you may seem to be. Well, Brother Darrell, I'm the least one at Happy Valley. It don't matter. He will come before any honest heart, regardless of your sex, regardless of your age, regardless of your position, regardless where you sit in church. He'll even come over to the fellowship hall. But if you love him and you want him, he'll come any time you call for him. When? When? Any time. Not just Sunday morning. Not just when the pastor's here. Not just when we have a visit and evangelist. He will come in any time. 
don't even have to be in church. He'll come at the red light. He'll come at Walmart. Come on, somebody. He'll come in your prayer closet. He'll come when you're washing dishes. He'll come when you're washing clothes. He heard his cry of faith. And if he heard a man's cry of faith who was demon-possessed with how many demons? A thousand. A thousand demons had him bound. And yet Jesus heard his cry of faith. And if Jesus heard his cry of faith, cannot he hear your cry? So if he heard his cry, he will hear your cry. And the devil tried his best to stop Jesus from coming. He created a great storm. He created a great storm to try to keep Jesus from answering the call of faith. But I'm so happy to report tonight that there is nothing. There is nothing. Oh God, let me say that again. There is nothing that Satan has that can stop the faith from touching Jesus. Well, touching Jesus is all that really matters. Then your life will never be the same. There's only one way to touch Him. You must believe when you call on His name. And when a demon, when a demon-possessed man who lived among the tombs cut himself day and night, when the bondage of the chains and the afflictions met the cry of faith, freedom and deliverance came. Oh God. When the, when the chains and the bondage of demons met the cry of faith, the chains were broke, the demons were cast out. The man was clothed. You see, when anybody makes Jesus, they put on their clothes, not take them off. The Bible said he was clothed and in his right mind, sitting with Jesus and the disciples. And he said, Lord, let me go with you. And Jesus said, you stay here to be a witness against those who rejected the message of the hour. Man, think of that. A man demon-possessed who lived among the tombs and cut himself day and night. And when the bondage of chains and fetters and afflictions, when that met the cry of faith, freedom and deliverance came. When the snake venom met poison, the snake venom of poison, when it met faith, the poison was gone. When the lions met faith, they purred like kittens. When the fire met faith, heat and smoke was annihilated. When death met faith, 
life come forth. When sickness met faith, the bleeding stopped. When walls met faith, they fell down. When bondage met faith, the chains were broke. Then I ask you tonight, whatever is bothering you, whatever is in your way, whatever the circumstance may be, whatever the bondage is, whatever the sickness may be, whatever the fears be, what's going to happen? What's going to happen when that thing that bothers you meets your faith? Son hath made free is free indeed. When you believe what the word says about you and have faith in the God who made the promise. When sickness met faith, when fear met faith, when bondage met faith. When you believe what the word says about you. When you believe what the word is saying to you. When you take God. The prophet of God said it pleases God when we quote his word back to him. The Bible says that Enoch was raptured without death because of before his translation he had this testimony. What was his testimony? That he pleased God. Amen. The prophet said, how do we please God? By keeping his word. When you believe the word over your symptoms, it pleases the father who made the word. Amen. Who is the word. When you have faith in what the word says, when you have faith in the God who made the promise to you and that promise is a personal revelation. David said in Psalms, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Forget not all his benefits. God just don't have one benefit. There is many benefits in serving our God. Forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. That's right. Not 99 and leaves one. 100%. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that was within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thy sins, thine iniquities. Who healeth all thy diseases who redeemeth thy life from destruction who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies bless the Lord oh my soul let my soul be found worshiping the God who created me when faith from an honest heart meets God. Them cogs comes together like that. Something has to take place. I challenge this audience tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your faith connect with God like that. And in a few minutes, 
you'll have another Pentecost. There'll be such a revival break in this town. There won't be enough cops in the country to keep them down. That's right. There'll be a real revival when your faith comes together with God's word. When you cast down reason, cast down fear, cast down doubt, cast down emotion, cast down, come on somebody, when you cast those things down and lift up God's word, lift up God's promises, lift him up, for he said if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. Lift him up with your praise. Lift him up with your hallelujahs. Lift him up with your faith. Lift him up tonight. Oh, listen to this quote. You don't go to hell because you're a sinner. You don't go to hell because you're a sinner. You go to hell because you refuse to accept a way away from hell. You don't go to hell for being a sinner, but you go for the hell for not accepting the way provided that you might escape it. God, why are you sending me to hell? I went to church. Why didn't you believe my word? You don't go to hell because you're a sinner. You go to hell because you refuse to accept the way, for, uh, the way away from hell. There's a bypass, and that bypass is Christ. There's a bypass from sickness, quick death, premature grave. That's through Christ. Now, you've sinned in the beginning. Christ died for your sins. Therefore, he saved you when he died. He saved you and healed you when he died. He took your place. Now, all you have to do is accept it by faith and you'll receive it. Amen. How simple. Amen. Ain't it something how the devil tries to complicate it? Why well, he tries to make it so hard when all Jesus ever asked you to do was believe. Amen. Think about that. All you have to do is accept it by faith and you'll receive it. See what I mean? Now there's nothing more to be done because your healing's already paid for. You can have it this afternoon. You can have it right now. This very minute when you believe it, when your faith meet God's requirements. To believe that Christ died for your sickness and when he died for your sins and he died for your sins at Calvary and you accept it but on that basis and at that moment you're healed in the sight of God, see? Then you go on testifying of it, believing it. We testify of these things you do not see. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things you do not see. And we look at the unseen, for the unseen things are real. Hope. Hope versus faith. So many times I believe we have hope instead of faith. Let me show you what I mean. The prophet said, hope will agree with the Bible. Hope will say it's true. Hope will say, I believe every bit of it. Hope will say, I believe that's the word of God. Hope will say, I believe that God will keep his promise. Hope believes all of that. But hope then says, 
I believe that God will heal, but look at my condition. Is God a healer? Absolutely. Does God save? Absolutely. Does God heal? Absolutely. But look at my condition. The doctor says it's the worst one. The doctor says it's stage four, this, that, the other. The doctor says the, the PSA level is 10. Believe the word, believe the healing, but it's a hope. Hope says I believe all of that. I believe that God will heal. But look at my condition. That's what hope does. But faith. Faith don't look at that. Faith comes around and says, I don't care about the conditions. God said so and it's mine. Faith's burly, the prophet said. Faith has hair on its chest. It stands up, pulls out its big muscles. I wish I had some. It pulls out everything else, vanishes away, just takes and flies away. When faith really takes hold, nothing else stands. You sick people never forget this. The right mental attitude towards any divine promise of God will bring it to pass. When you believe and take God at his word and say it's so, believe it's so, God will bring it to pass. I got a picture the other day. I got two pictures on my phone the other day of a, of a baby, a young boy, about two year old, 16, 18 months, something like that. And the brother told me, he said, Brother Darrell, this is my grandson. He said, this first picture, boy, is all broke out in his face. He said he was actually 10 times worse than what this picture shows. But I was in the backfield working. And I get a call from this brother. He said, Brother Darrell, I got a grandson down in Georgia. He's got this incurable skin disease condition. Five different doctors don't know what to do. He said, but I believe if me and you will agree together and pray, God will do something for my grandson. I said, brother, I'll agree with you. Let's pray. And there in the backfield, we prayed on the phone. Two days later, I get a call from this brother. He goes, oh, brother, Darryl. he's got new skin, new baby skin. North Carolina, he can do it for you tonight. Will you believe and take God in his word? He'll bring it to pass. Do you believe you're healed? You believe God answers prayer? Raise your hands to him. Thank him for it. It's over. You're healed. Jesus said, listen to this quote. Jesus said, if you'll say, if you shall say, what is it when you're out from under Babylon? When you're out from under unbelief, when you're out from under superstition, when you're out from under worry and fear. Amen. He didn't say that, but I'll put that in there. When you're out from under superstition, when you're out from under all these things, and you're filled with God's own life, your voice is His voice. 
when a son of God by faith takes the word of God into his heart and speaks it back upon his lips, it's just the same as deity speaking. Every mountain must move. But you see, God governs these things. He governs these things and releases as we need them. But you see, it's not my place as well. I, I guess I better hold back. God's probably governed this. No, it's not my place to do that. It's my place to believe. It's my place to stand. It's my place to proclaim. God is my healer. And when you put it all over on him. Oh, God. Here a few years ago, Sister Kathleen Wilson's. Down at uh, Brother Leon Wilson's church. Sister Kathleen used to play the piano. And I used to go there. Oh, Missouri. They'll tell you, oh, Missouri's 19 miles from nowhere. I don't know if they're here tonight, but if they are, you'll hear them say amen. That's the God's truth. And there's a sister there who came up. Sister Vera Frost. She's paralyzed on the right side, I believe it was. And she come up like this, dragging herself. And I prayed for Sister Vera, and the saints of God prayed for Sister Vera. And she went off dragging herself off again. And the devil began to talk to me and said, see there, she come for help. She come to be delivered and you couldn't do it. And you know what I told the devil? It's not my place. I'm not the healer. Jesus Christ is the healer. He told me to lay hands. I did what God told me to do. It's up to him now. You do what God told you to do. And when your faith meets sickness, the sickness will leave. Do you love him tonight? Listen as I close. Remember that. Remember if we pray and ask God sincerely. This church, we're a unit. We're together. If we ask God sincerely, then God's obligated to take care of what we ask. If you ask anything in my name, he said, I will do it. A year later, I was back down in Alton, down at the multi-purpose buildings, going to have a little feast. This sister, I didn't really know her at the time. I hadn't been going down there long, but she came in carrying deer meat and went out, came in carrying green beans and went out and came in carrying something else. And I thought, I know her. I said, was you here last time I preached? She said, yes, I was. I said, didn't you have a stroke and your right side was? She said, yes, it was. I said, you're doing real good now. She said, yes, I am. He's our healer. When cancer met faith, Amen. cancer disappears. Amen. When back trouble met faith, faith causes back trouble to disappear. When a sinner meets Jesus by faith, his sins are washed away. Do you love him tonight? Do you believe him tonight? Let's bow our heads. You know that healing is here. Sing a song. Do you love him tonight, friends? I'm sorry I kept you so long. Forgive me. I, I didn't plan to even preach this long tonight. But just to bring us to a place. I believe these things are true. I've seen the Lord do so many wonderful things. And he's no respect of persons. And your problem tonight may not be sickness. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's worry. 
Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's arthritis. Maybe it's a shoulder that keeps dislocating. But whatever it is, it's not greater than Jesus. And has not he come and proved himself to us over and over again? He keeps all his appointments. Can you imagine what it was like there in that city? When they saw that maniac that they tried so hard to reform, sitting beside Jesus, and yet they asked Jesus to leave. They could have had such a revival. And the prophet said, if you ask him to come, he'll come. But he'll only stay where he's welcome. But tonight, let's let your faith go. Make you feel welcome. Whatever you have need of tonight, Look at what he done for Daniel. Look at what he done for the Hebrew children. Look what he done with the woman with the blood issue. Look what he done for blind Bartimaeus. Look what he done for Jairus. Look what he done for the black girl down in Jonesboro, Arkansas, when he gave her eyesight back. Look what he done for the man with the club foot who said, I've been standing here, Brother Branham, three days in the rain just to be prayed for. And Brother Branham said, if you believe that God will hear my prayer, hand me that stick. He said, I watched his club foot straighten out and he leaped into the air giving God praise. If he'd done that in Arkansas, he can do that here in Tennessee tonight with somebody who will believe him. And if you're here tonight, not to point you out, not to embarrass you, but if you believe that to be the truth, you say, I believe that, Brother Darrell. I believe he's my healer. He's my deliverer. I believe he's everything I have need of tonight. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. And I want to take that over my sickness. And if you're here tonight, not to point you out, not to embarrass you. But if you believe that tonight, I wonder if you would just slip up out of your seat and just stand and say, Lord, I come tonight to you. I release my faith to you tonight. I believe the promise of your word tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, we believe you tonight, God. Lord, I've seen you. He'll torn rotator cuffs. Cancers disappear out of ears. Backs straightened. You're God. There ain't nothing you can't do, Lord. And tonight I stand here with my brothers and my sisters. And Lord, you know I love them, God. I pray for them as I drive down the road. Oh, God, I ask you tonight. Move for my brothers and for my sisters. Those that have stood, Lord, that have the need. Oh, God. Let their faith tonight, Lord. Let that 
sickness, let that affliction, let that problem, whatever it would be, Lord, may it meet their faith tonight in you. And may the walls come down. May the bleeding stop. May the cancers leave. May the cataracts leave. May the high blood pressure leave. May the glaucoma leave. Satan, I rebuke you tonight. You're a defeated foe. Your back was broken, Calvary. You're nothing but a bluff. You're a liar and the father of it. My Lord is the mighty conqueror tonight. He's the healer of our body and the sustainer of our souls. We receive his healing touch tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. We receive it tonight for the glory of God. Oh, I cast down reason. I cast down fear. I cast down symptoms tonight. And I lift my hands to the God who created me. And I receive my healing tonight. I receive my deliverance tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. For the glory of God. Hallelujah. 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 Do you believe it tonight? Just raise your hands and say, Lord, I believe. I believe tonight. I believe, Lord, tonight. I touch the hem of your garment by faith. I lay my hand upon it tonight by faith, God. We believe and I receive what I have need of in the name of Jesus Christ tonight. Oh, by the rising of the sun. Oh, God, may they see differences, Lord. May testimonies come, Father. Oh, Father God, as we see, still testimonies coming in from the prayer line. That's the God we serve, Lord. You've moved through prayer lines. You've moved through services. You've moved through prayer calls. You've moved through phone calls. You're God, and there is no God like you. We worship you tonight. We receive it tonight. And we testify in the name of Jesus. That healing is here. Healing is here. Healing is here. Healing is here.
never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working.
seated if you just stay in prayer if you want to be seated
music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's a word that will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required you search much deeper to the end time brother Branham says faith is the revelation of God's will faith is the revelation of God's will and how many times did he tell us it was his will that we would be set free how many times did he say that we it was his will that we would be healed Amen. hallelujah 
Let's go to that faith. That's why those affirmations Brother Donnie preached a couple years ago. So important. We read our word and we see what his will is for our lives. So we can put that into practice and build our faith. There's no demon that can stand against faith. Amen. Amen. Wasn't that a wonderful word tonight? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, there's nothing like serving a perfect God. There's nothing like serving a God who always has our best interest in mind. There's nothing like serving a God that's always, always, 100% of the time, got our back. Amen. Amen. This is not word that we, we rejoice over just in church. This word lasts through those doors and through the week, in our highs, in our lows, in our in-betweens. Hallelujah. We hold on to the promises. We'll not leave a hoof behind, right? We will not be defeated. Hallelujah. By his stripes, we are healed. It sounds like his will to me. Hallelujah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Oh, Father God. Lord, I just get so overwhelmed by your presence, Lord. I get so overwhelmed, Lord Jesus, by your goodness. Lord, I've been around some good people. I've seen some pretty amazing things. Oh, but Lord Jesus, there's nowhere or no one I'd rather be with, Lord. And it's so hard to dismiss in this, in this atmosphere, Lord. Lord Jesus, we all have to go, Lord, but we don't have to leave your presence. We have to go our separate ways, Lord, but you want us to feed on this word and and, and keep devouring, Lord Jesus, what we've heard. Oh, Lord, you want us to take it forth and and go and, and, and step on devils, Lord, through the week, Father. Lord, you said that you wanted us to be overcomers, Lord. That's what we're leaving here with, Lord. We're overcomers. Father, I pray that you would just be with each and every one, Lord. We love you so much, Lord. I pray that you would just move. Watch over us and keep us as we go, Lord. We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed as we sing it, Brother Harry. King of endless worth, no one could express how much you deserve. Though we can Deeper within